everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I am your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And uh, we are at our house again. We, well, we've been home for a little while, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last episode with Kevin was recorded in that very echoey, um, low-quality studio of a, an apartment we were staying in. Yes. But, and that actually went live the day we came home. So, Did it. yeah, so we've been home for a little while now. And we're going to be giving a recap of what, what we learned from the conference next week. Uh, just some, ba- you know, some basic key points that went over, we went over. So for this episode 37, while I was in the Vegas conference at the business masterclass that's put on by Dean Wesley Smith and Christine Catherine Rush, uh, I did a, I did a bunch of live videos for my book, but promotions and more group. And we're going to be listening to those and giving you our opinions and just thoughts on those. Cause I know a bunch of our listeners aren't in the group and vice versa. So that's what we're going to be doing for this episode. And then next week we'll be doing the recap on different things that we learned. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I'll, I know I'll probably mention this next year or next week, this conference, if you are it, I mean this, it's so, it's so valuable. It's, it costs money, but you know what the stuff you learn will save you so much money and it gets your business. I mean, really, really, it really, really focuses on business. That's why it's called a business masterclass. And they teach you all sorts of fantastic things. I went last year as a student and they invited me to come back as an an instructor this year. And, and next year. Yeah, that's true. They invited me to come back again next year as an instructor. And the things that I, we went, I was just overwhelmed last year. There's so much stuff that we went over and this year it solidified it for me. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to encourage people to go two years in a row just so that they can learn, you know, and, and actually implement everything. But because it's so much, it's so much stuff. I was very overwhelmed even this year again. Anyway. Okay. So do you have any announcements to make? Uh, not until the end. Okay. That's fine. Um, I finished, did I already tell everybody I finished Forbidden Knowledge? It's with my editor now. I can't remember. Lizzie series, book five, and I started writing book six today, Demon of Darkness. And by the way, Forbidden Knowledge, that will be my 51st title published since we've been doing this. And that's just... Um, under eight years. And I've had a lot of people be like, holy cow, you must be so prolific. No, not really. I average between four and five novels a year in my slower years. And in my faster, better years, I do about seven, you know, and not just novels. This includes short stories, children's illustrated books, novellas, things like that. It's every bit of title and piece of IP, intellectual property I have. I have 51 titles now. And I mean, if you don't get started, you're never going to get there. But I can't, I mean, looking back, I was like, holy cow, I, you know, I've done a whole lot, but the day in day out was really stressful thinking I wasn't being prolific enough. But the point is, and you know, if you work and you do the best that you can in like five years or 10 years, you're going to have a whole lot of back. Um, what's the word? What is it called? Backlist. A backlist to work with and to advertise and make money on. It's not just about what you're doing right now and how much money you're making today. It's also about what you can do in the future. Anyway, we've actually been learning a whole lot of things about Kalytics and KP Rocket, and we'll yeah, probably we can do an episode on that. And yeah, I'll, we'll do these two a couple episodes, and we'll go back to movies for a bit while we digest. Yeah, there's a lot to learn on Kalytics. It's yeah. very intensive, and I'm sure some of you've been using it, but I know a bunch of you haven't. And it's it's going to be a game changer, I think, just because it gives you so much 
powerful information in Amazon itself, which is where we all make money, right? Yeah, about 80% of it. Yeah, pretty or much. Like 75, something like that. Okay, so I have three announcements. The first is go to storybundle.com forward slash nano. And this is the 2018 NaNoWriMo Writing Tools Bundle curated by Kevin J. Anderson. We talked a bit about it last week, but I wanted to mention it again just because there's... It's, there's less than a month left on it and you, you've really got to go grab, uh, this, this bundle because it's got some powerful stuff in there. I'll just give you a couple of titles. Uh, Kevin J. Anderson and his wife, Rebecca Mesta wrote a book titled writing as a team sport. And Craig Martell has his book become a successful indie author in there. Joanna Penn has her new book, the healthy writer in it. Uh, Christine Catherine Rush has The Secrets of Success, and Dean Wesley Smith has How to Write a Novel in 10 Days. And that's actually very applicable for what a lot of what we're going to be talking about today and listening to today is prolificness and writing quickly. Anyway, so go grab that if you haven't already, storybundle.com forward slash nano. It's, um, it'll be seriously helpful for you with your, uh, your writing career. And then the next announcement is the Truly Epic Fantasy Bundle, curated by Kevin as well. That's storybundle.com forward slash fantasy. And most of you probably aren't fantasy readers, but if you are, that's got books by Kevin, me, Lindsay Broker, etc. in it. Tons of fantasy books. It's a good, a good little set of, of novels. And then my last announcement is this. My presentation for my conference is now available as a course. It is... $10. We'll be raising that price to $25 here soon. So if you want to go and take advantage of that, go to selfpublishedstrongcourses.com and click on view all courses and you'll find it there. It's called Amazon algorithms and automation sequences. And the subtitles using algorithms and sequences to charge your author career and get results. And I basically talk about you know, if you have problems with how to tell if you're having problems with your algorithms, how to fix them and why you want algorithms on your side, why you want your algorithms to be spot on. And then, so basically finding readers that are your correct readers and then using your automation sequence to convert them into true fans. And so I was told several times that it was worth the entire $750 entry free entry fee for the conference, just my presentation alone. And guess what? You can get it for just ten dollars. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I know you should listen. Just, not to just because I get part of the money, <laughs> but also because it's good information. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So go grab it now before uh, the price goes up, and I'm absolutely positive it'll be very helpful for you. Um, I had a lot of questions from authors on that topic. I had a lot of questions on from authors on the topic of doing blind testing. So testing your covers and your descriptions without readers knowing that that's what you're doing. Because um, if you ask somebody to tell you what they think, it puts them in a different frame of mind than a buying frame of mind. I go over all of that in my Am I Ready course that is actually still free. I, sh I need to be raising the, raising the price on that, but it's free for now. So that's another one for you to take advantage of. Okay, so I accidentally just interrupted us. I got distracted by a post on Facebook while I was opening this up. But what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be listening to the live videos. And then Josh, our audio visual guy, is going to be taking the audio from those videos and spiffing it up a little bit so that it's a little bit higher quality than what's on Facebook and putting it over what we listen to here. And we are going to give comments after on each of these videos. So the first one is Mark Leslie Fave, and he's actually the one who gave me the idea for it. We were on a 
panel on social media and he was talking about all the different ways that he manages his social media accounts and everything. And I was like, I don't do any of that. And I, and then he said that one of the things he does is he does a lot of live videos and he gave me so many fantastic ideas. And so I'm really excited about that. But anyway, so we're going to go ahead and listen to that and then give our feedback on it, our thoughts on it. Hi everyone, I'm here with Mark Leslie Lefebvre. Can you tell him a little bit about yourself? Hi, I, I am a, I'm an author. I'm a horror author under the name Mark Leslie and I'm a publishing dude. I used to work for Kobo. I'm, I work with authors directly. I work with draft to digital now um, and uh, love to help authors with uh, different techniques. For example, we were talking about social media. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and so he's going to talk to you guys about organizing your social media posts. So if you want to be posting on more than one place, he's going to tell you how to do that. So uh, one of the, I'll start with, uh, if you using a tool like TweetDeck, and that's just one of them, you've got Buffer and you've got other tools you can use, what you can do is you can go in and find interesting articles that are pertinent to you and your reading audience, not necessarily by my book, but something that's related to it. So for example, one of my books is Macabre Montreal, it just came out. So on the Macabre Montreal Facebook page, or on my at Mark Leslie Twitter account, I'll find interesting articles about you know something going on in the city of Montreal, or an interesting ghost story from Montreal. And I'll share that, but what I can do is on Monday morning, I'll go in and find five or six articles that I'm going to share over the next five or six days. I'll schedule them through TweetDeck to Twitter. I'll schedule the same post through Facebook on that Facebook page where you can actually schedule the post in advance. And then what I can do is I'll pick certain times during my day when I'm not writing or I'm not doing other work with authors. And I'll say, now I'm going to respond to any uh, questions or queries or comments. And then that way you're not dipping in and out of social media all the time because we know the most important thing you should be doing is working on your book. So schedule your time for writing but maybe schedule some time for pre-planning that social media yeah. so you can you can still react to people live mm -hmm. and, and be a genuine person but you can also share valuable content without having to take up 15 minutes here 15 minutes there because that 15 minutes is really half an hour yeah and you recommend people respond to comments and things like that when they I mean yeah if it's pertinent just saying thanks or oh you know uh, even just a just a, a thumbs up or a smile or a laugh or something like that and I find I I, I do social media to engage with people yeah. because you know, just to, we're just, we're in this together, all mm -hmm, of us. So mm -hmm. that's, that's why I like to respond. Yeah. Okay. So that's Mark and good tip. Thanks, Andrew. I was excited about that during the panel just now. So, <laughs> all right, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. Okay. So are any thoughts? What do you think about what he, uh, I mean, he makes good points about using social media, not having social media use you. Yeah. Cause a lot of people, um, get caught up in it and all the responding I and mean, being efficient, having a plan mm -hmm. when you, go into your social media accounts to do stuff, mm -hmm. have it be pertinent to your career. Yeah, like he has multiple groups and fan pages that fit around the genre of his books. And he posts things that fit those those genres and books, basically tying everything back to his stories in some way and keeping the discussions rolling. And he's been finding it beneficial. And I'm... It, he, he, he was saying that he takes like one hour once a week and just sets everything up for the whole week. And I'm like, Oh, I need to get that organized. It's that's, that requires discipline, but it's obviously doing well for him. It's giving him a lot of benefit. So that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he has a specific time he sets aside to do it and then he spends the rest of his time engaging with people if he does go on, but he has that very specifically in mind mm -hmm. when he goes into it he has goals and he, he, uh, engages them by talking about not his books but things that are related so you you know you, you build a relationship and then when, when you release a book they want to buy you know yeah. instead of just saying buy my book buy my book my, your group isn't 
about buying his books. It's yeah. about yep. sharing a common interest. Yeah, exactly. Which happens to his books happen to be a part of. Yeah. So yeah, you can't just go hammer people about buying your books and talking about your books all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still related. So yeah. everything he does has a purpose related to his books, just somewhat indirectly. Yeah. And that helps. Yeah, um, I helps agree. Sales, helps sales. Helps uh, form cohesive groups. Yep. All right. So the next video is Damon Courtney from Book Funnel. And it's funny because watching this video, he's like slouching in his chair. This guy is super tall. Yeah, he's like five... Six, five. Six, five, something like that. Yeah. And he looks super short in here. Do not let that. Mark and him are slightly taller than me. Yeah. Well, he's more tall, but. Yeah, he's a little bit taller than Mark, but they're both pretty tall guys. And yeah, so let's listen. This is a really, really good tip he gives of a service that BookFunnel has. And I just died when I heard it. I was like, oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and start that. Hi everyone, it's Andrea Pearson here, and I am with Damon Courtney from BookFunnel. And Hi. He's pretty awesome. He's going to talk to us about something that I had never heard about with uh, BookFunnel. It's called print codes. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, um, so BookFunnel, we do ebook distribution. You can go to our website and look all that up. That's not the interesting part. So, the, the print codes <laughs> feature was uh, something that we developed uh, just before RWA this year with with some of our romance authors who wanted to go and take. Some of them wanted to go and take just business cards or postcards and give away a copy of their book. You know, they you when you go to cons, you go to library readings and like that you're you're seeing readers live and in person and a lot of authors really like doing that and they wanted to be able to give them a copy of their book um, you know the first book in their series it never hesitate to take an opportunity to hook a reader on your series right um, and then also uh, a lot of authors were taking um, they wanted to be able to sell their ebooks you know when you go to um, when you go to a lot of conferences if you go to live events you can absolutely print copies and take uh, paperbacks and, and things like that with you but they tend to get really heavy they're hard to take on a plane <laughs> and so authors had, had, had kept emailing us and were looking for ways to take their, basically take their ebooks in their pockets with them. They wanted to be able to take them and either sell them or, or give them away when they were meeting with people. So we developed this feature called Print Codes, where you can go through BookFunnel, uh, print a batch of codes, and each code is unique code that's only good for one book and I actually have one here uh, my friend Carrie Kilgore um, she actually sets up at cons and farmers markets and things like that she has a lot of uh, fiction out there I think she's said she's got like 30 or 40 books out now nice. and so she takes here I'm just gonna put one up here so you can kind of see it but um, so this is you can see down here she's got the code printed and she's just done it on a little label that she's printed on the book cover which is a gorgeous cover and uh, is that like a sticker or is yeah, yeah that's she, a sticker yeah she so she did it as, as a sticker and we actually kind of have some videos that show you how to do it. It was the cheapest way that we could find to do it. There are absolutely printers out there who will print the whole thing, and each code is uniquely printed on the back of the card. Um, That's more so, expensive, right? Yeah, it's going to it's going to cost you more per card. Um, and so, you know, we advise authors if they're just kind of testing the waters and playing with it, um, try printing up a sticker. Uh, this one is a white. You know, you can kind of see it's got a little white sticker. Um, you can actually buy transparent ones, and they look almost seamless. You can just stick them to the front or stick them to the back. And so the and nice thing is that um, when you hand that to somebody, they go to a quick little website, they type in their code, they get their copy, and then that's it. The code is dead. That it can't be reused. It can't be given to anybody else. And it's cool because you guys give the email addresses that they use to the authors. Yes. Not to add to the newsletter list, but what do you guys recommend people do with those? Yes. Oh, well, you can. So there is an option when they go through oh, and they right. put in the code. You can say, give them the option to join my mailing list if they want to. And, you know, a lot of people... 
that you meet in person, they are going to want to just to That's see so what cool. you're about, right? Yeah. Um, but even if they don't join your mailing list, you still get the email address. You you can't add them to your mailing list, but you can use that to send a follow up and say, hey, thanks so much for, for getting my book. It was great meeting you at the library, yeah. and, and I hope to see you again sometime soon. Um, so yeah. you absolutely can do things like that. It's really, really cool. And one thing that I really liked, he was saying, just carry them in like your purse or your wallet. And when, you know, everybody, we, we meet random people, mm-hmm. you know, like a cashier. So what do you do for a living? I'm an author and here's a free book. Yeah. So you carry them in your wallet, you know, little book cards, bookmarks, and they get a free book. You know, I love that. Yeah. We, we see readers every single week who, who this is the first time they've ever gotten a free book. We live in our little indie bubble and we think that God, just everybody gets free books all the time. And that is true for a lot of readers, but people that you meet randomly just bumping around during your day, um, you know, going to a kid's birthday party, talking and saying, oh, I'm an author. Oh, what do you write? I write science fiction. I love science fiction. Yeah. Fantastic. I've got something for you. And yeah. for them, they don't get, you know, free books shoved in their face yeah. all day long. Yeah. And somebody that you meet live and in person and have a personal connection with, even if just for a few minutes, they are going to be more likely to go pick up that book and give you a try. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Anyway, well, thank you. Yeah, great. Thanks for being here. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Right, bye. bye. Bye, everyone. Comments? Um, well, it's, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's valuable. I mean, how many, how many times do I talk to people about my books? There's been a few times where they're like, oh, you're an author. Do you have a book, do you have a book, a uh, bookmark or something? Business and, card? Yeah. And then we don't have them. So <laughs> no, it would be awesome that. to, yeah, to attach that. That's really handy. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is a thing that actually happens in real life. It's not mm-hmm. just a video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be nice to do. Yeah. Uh, and book funnel is good anyways. So. Book funnel is absolutely fantastic. I think every author, if they do not have it, they need, they need to have it. And one thing that he said in the conference that he didn't mention in the video, the codes for people to put in to get that free book, they are only uppercase letters. Oh, that's nice. And so readers don't have to be, is that, is that a lowercase L or, you know, I mean, it's right. very, it's all uppercase. And I think they do have numbers included. It's not like L, uh, one, I, I, one, I, one, <laughs> Nope. Zero, oh, oh. zero, oh, oh, zero. Yes, exactly. So it's not like that. So the the uh, codes are only uppercase letters. Anyway, okay. So the next one is um, the passive guy from the Passive Voice blog, and this one's more informational for people who don't know who he is. There's not a whole lot of tips in this one, but it's still a good. Interview. So yeah, if you if you don't know who Passive Guy is, then you need to know who Passive Guy is. Exactly. So let's go ahead and listen to that one. Hi everyone, it's Andrea Pearson. I'm here with the Passive Guy from the old Passive Guy. Yeah. <laughs> from the Passive I look Voice terrible blog. on your phone screen. I think you look fine. <laughs> Not the way I see myself in my imagination, you know. Do you see yourself at 25 or? Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> cool hair, more hair than that, you know, and uh, and not so much around the middle. Yeah, I mean, well, I, they can't see the middle, so oh, all they see is your head. Yeah, for whatever you do, don't don't point <laughs> don't down. Don't drop it okay. down. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to ask him about um, so basically why and how you started the blog and how long ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was actually hold on. What is the blog? Because people are going to be watching this who don't know what your blog is. What kind of audience do you have? For your They're videos? mostly authors. <laughs> I know. They They're should not all the know. right sort of authors. They should all know. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I write a blog, blog called The Passive Voice, uh, 
and I uh, have an alter ego there called Passive Guy or PG. And uh, I've been doing it since, is it 10 years? Maybe 10, oh yeah, I mean, a long time. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that can't say, uh, uh, that range. And the reason I started it was my wife is an author and has been for some time. And uh, I helped her uh, get her rights back from her previous her publisher mm-hmm. by going through the going through their contracts, which were not well written, and finding some things that uh, kind of be fixed. kind of disturbed them. And yeah. I said, "Well, you know, why don't you just let her go and nice. uh, and we'll sign a non disclosure agreement that mm-hmm. we won't tell all the other authors about the problems of the nice, contract." Nice. And so uh, anyway, and I was looking around for for some place online that had the kind of information that I had figured out a little bit on my own and that, you know, that uh, would help authors understand some of the legal sides of their, yeah, yeah. of their business as well as the business side. And I was excited about the whole self-publishing. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, I found a lot of great websites and blogs and so forth, but not one that quite, quite sort of brought it together the way, the way you wanted it to I, I kind of would have liked yeah. to yeah. Uh, to have it together. So yeah. I'm sorry for the long words, but oh, that's fine. I am a lawyer. Huh? Okay. Uh, you can always tell who's going to be a lawyer in any first grade class because they never <laughs> shut up. They're talking all the time. Okay. So how do you find the articles? Uh, I have uh, basically uh, a bunch of RSS feeds that are aggregated into some some readers and uh, I'm adding and calling from time to time on that and so I just kind of scan through the RSS feeds yeah. mm-hmm. uh, every day nice. or almost every day and just pull out look at stuff that I find interesting mm-hmm. and then I get a fair amount fair number of suggestions from authors, authors. I've, I've given suggestions yeah yeah <laughs> see you're a great author uh, uh, from authors who say hey I think this might uh, might interest you, and yeah. uh, they're very good about finding stuff yeah. Uh, for me. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, passivevoice. Dot, no, dot, the passive the voice passive voice. I, it's, dot com. It's automatically saved my computer, so I don't ever have to. Remember I know, it. <laughs> I know. And I wanted it to be the active voice. Dot com, yeah. but the URL was already taken. So, so well, passive voice works great. Okay, good. Yeah, and so what he does is he basically takes these articles that are that are applicable to writers in some way. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like the entertainment industry, yep, sometimes yep. about Amazon, but not necessarily about writers, but it applies to us in some way. And then he kind of takes the essence of them and just quotes them. And it's, it sometimes end, like brings out these really great discussions with authors yeah. that oh, come yeah. by regularly. And yeah. it's a lot the of comments fun. comments are the best part. Yeah. So go check out his blog. And yeah, thank you. Okay, good. Thank okay, you. Bye. So comments from you? Um, yeah, we've well, we've been following Passive Guy for a long time. So, if you want to stay on top of industry news, uh, having to do as much digging, then just follow Passive Guy's blog. He does it for you. Yeah, exactly. And and the way I do it is I have it set up on Twitter to come to my phone, so that I'll, I'll I'm just on my phone. I don't even need to go to the blog or anything. And then his tweet messages get sent out, and that's been very helpful. And he's actually a copyright attorney. And he gives really good uh, feedback and stuff like that. 
on copyrights and contracts and things like that, not copyright. He's a contract attorney and he does copyright stuff too. But anyway, so my thing with this is get involved in the discussions there. I'm sure a lot of you or all of you already know about his his blog, but people start getting to know each other through the, through the discussion and opportunities arrives. It's a great opportunity or a great network opportunity, networking opportunity. I am tired. <laughs> anyway, so, okay. The next one is Kevin J. Anderson. And if you haven't watched this video, it's actually pretty funny. Kevin is, doesn't know where to look. Yeah. He doesn't know where to look. He is. Kevin is a goofball when he is tired. <laughs> so. And also when he is well rested. <laughs> That's true. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to this one. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Andrea Pearson here with Kevin J. Anderson. Kevin J. Anderson. Yes, looking at... Yes, here we are. I'm not looking at the right part there. Yeah, the, the camera's right here. I'm looking here. at you. We just got off a panel. We've been at a conference. We're kind of tired. And we're tired, and it's after lunch. and, and But we are still enthusiastic about writing and connecting with our readers and yeah. writing stories and catching up on the emails that we left behind during this whole week of busy stuff. So Those poor readers. Okay, ask your so questions. My questions. Um, let's see. I Actually, I want to talk about brainstorming plot. How, you write really fast. How do you brainstorm plot that quickly? Well, I, I go to sleep at night and don't sleep very much, so I lie there awake and go, okay, what's the inspiration for this, and how does she meet the vampire, and how does he kill somebody, and, mm -hmm. and I just kind of mull it around. And sometimes when I'm just starting, I will um, I'll go out for a hike. I, I love hiking. I live in Colorado, and I'll just go for a hike for half a day, and just I have a recorder with me, and as ideas come to me, I go, oh, we could do this, or how about this connection, or this character did that. And I just record them because I'll never remember them if I'm yeah, just thinking of it. Yeah, um, and I like to write notes down. And, and in fact, I just edited this gigantic epic fantasy. And it's mm -hmm. a it's a trilogy, and this is book one. And so as I'm editing the final draft of book one, I have this second document that's open. And every time an idea occurs to me as I'm reading my own book, and, and it's like, oh, well, this character's got to do this, or this character's got to go to this place, or don't forget the talisman that was hidden here. Yeah. And I just keep a running list of that. Mm -hmm. And then like months later, I read that as I'm plotting book two, and mm -hmm. I go, oh, I forgot all about that. I mean, really, I forget about so many of these great ideas. I'm glad I, I wrote them down. Notes and things like that. Um, let's see. How do you make, stay motivated to write a lot? Deadlines. Yes, that's pretty much. Well, me I mean, <laughs> I kind of like to pay the bills, and you yeah. don't make any money unless you publish it. And um, but see, the other thing is, and non-writers don't understand this. They always tell me, like, Kevin, you work too hard. Just relax with us and play cards. Well, that's work. I like telling stories. I like I like writing and editing. These are these are my surrogate children, and I get to do horrible things to them. That's, I mean, <laughs> it's, that's, it's that's what's fun to me is, is the writing. So it's yeah. not like hard to be motivated. It's, yeah. it's hard to take a break is what's hard. Yeah. And how do you um, connect with your readers on your newsletter list? Well, it's newsletter. I have a very active social media. I've got like three Facebook pages. I've got a Twitter account. I've got Instagram. I've got a blog. And, and I do a lot of things that have nothing to do with writing. I climb mm -hmm. mountains and I enjoy microbrew beer. And I, I well, so does Andrea. We do uh, oh, all yes. kinds of beer all Definitely, the time. Definitely, especially while I'm uh, pregnant. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's see. We have we have cats, and, and my wife and I do all kinds of – we travel 
travel a lot. And so I, I try not, I try to make me an interesting person rather than buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, buy my yeah. book, which gets really boring. Oh, and, and the fans actually get invest, invested in the, here's here's the mountain that you climbed, or here's, and, and they'll send me suggestions of, have you done this trail? Or, or you know, you connect with them. Oh, and I'm a huge uh, Rush fan, the mm-hmm. rock band Rush. Yeah. And there are times I'll just, I'll like at random throw out a line from a lyric from a Rush song that I really like. And yeah. I won't put any context, I'll, I'll just just put tough times, demand tough talk, demand tough hearts. Yeah. And then somebody else will within seconds post the next line in the song and the next mm-hmm. line in the song. And you get all these Rush fans posting and all my non-Rush fans are going, what in the world are they talking about? Yeah. But that connects me with this little this special group of people that yeah. and they're very dedicated and diehard and they read stuff yeah well thank you well thank you <laughs> all now, right everyone deadline's over bye bye okay, well, next one there we go. uh your thoughts there's a lot of stuff in there um because he talks about you know um just like mark did related stuff yeah maybe not even related at all but it, like in group stuff you know where you like you have like you make relationships with people about stuff that's not exactly your book yeah so for him rush yeah he's from like the 70s 60s mm-hmm. and 70s. <laughs> <laughs> i may or may not have a couple of rush albums myself but we won't <laughs> talk about that um uh he talks about that um and but the main question that we start start off with was you know how you write so much and he writes basically writes down every idea yeah i'm sure he doesn't use most of them but he probably not writes them down and so he's got an idea like pad or yeah. whatever he wants, like document. Yeah. Um, so that he can always be working and he doesn't have to sit around floundering. Yep. Um, he's busy producing things, not busy thinking about producing things. Yeah. Because the other point he makes, which is the one we make all the time, is you don't get paid unless you publish. Yeah, that's what he said in the podcast last week. Yeah. Yeah, he made like you actually about that. put it up there. <laughs> yeah. And like we said, it's better to go through the whole process and learn all the lessons and what you're going to do differently. Because what if you write that amazing book and then yeah. you don't know how to freaking do it? Yeah. And you mess it up. Mess it up on stuff, on early stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get that out of the way. Yeah, no kidding. Enjoy um, your anonymity. You enjoy your anonymity. Fail when you're a small time. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, succeed when you're big. Yep. So... Yeah, and I like I loved what he was saying. Like when he was brainstorming a plot, like he says, I mean, you, he gets moving. He goes for walks. He goes for hikes, and then he grabs his recorder. It's like, well, what if this happened? What if what if she were to do this? You know, and the good thing about using a recorder is it's great because you don't have to grab a pen and notepad, and you can just talk it. And you're faster at talking than writing, and so you don't lose the ideas easily. And so that's that's one of the things that we talked quite a bit about like christine and dean um their live videos are coming up next and we talked about being a prolific writer with both of them and you got to learn how to do it quickly because um yeah okay so we'll go over that in just a little bit but we're going to go on to christine's video right now hello everybody hi everyone i'm here with christine Catherine rush who is also known by a lot of different names i am she's got a fantastic blog if you haven't followed her blog before she does a lot of really cool stuff for authors she's very blunt yeah you can find it at chriswrites.com k-r-i-s writes.com yeah and um i've got a couple questions for chris so yesterday we were talking about being a prolific writer and you told me a little anecdote about people who clean streets could you tell them that sure i live here in las vegas and and um, we were walking to the 
conference that morning, and there had been a parade the night before and everything else along the route that we walked, a big festival. And I knew when I went to bed that night, I looked out and there was garbage on the street, there were still people. By the time I got up the next morning, which was 7, the streets were clean. There was nothing. There weren't even bags of garbage sitting around. And I thought, you know, I don't know about most people who clean streets, but I bet they're not happy about doing it every day. They don't get up the yay, I get to clean the street. And, you know, but they worked and they worked hard and they got it done. And writers usually should get up and think, yay, I have to, you know, write this particular scene. And we don't. Yeah. And we don't have that kind of enjoyment and we don't work hard. And I don't know why. Because writing's a lot more fun than cleaning streets. Yeah, so we were just talking about how important it is if you want to be successful as an author to just do your job. I yes. mean, your job is writing, right? And then also, where you, okay, how many words do you write and how many books do you publish a year? How many words do you write a day? I write, I, I had a chronic illness. I have a chronic illness, and when it flares up, I write about 3,000 words a day. Um, and it's five to six days a week. And <laughs> if I'm um, healthy and feeling good, it's four to five to six to I don't know how many deadlines but, if yeah, you have them. So. Yep. And how much, you know, extra time I can squeeze in. Yeah, and you and take a day off a week. I take a day off a week. That's good. Because it just keeps me healthy. Here, that's nice I've had a lot of people say you need to be writing every day I'm like I can't I can't, I can't. write every day I need to take a break well I actually need to consume stories for us that's true. Stories. Yeah. so I take a day go see some movies read a book yeah that was my next question actually so with you writing so quickly how do you come up with plot so uh, it's a muscle it, you just develop it over time point, yeah. and so I, I don't even think about it anymore but it took nice. years to do it and I used to plant myself in front of the computer and have a timer across the room and take everything else off the desk and off the computer so that only thing I could do was write, and it, I, uh, I have a hummingbird brain, mm -hmm. so, you know, it, this interests me, that interests me, and this interests me. By taking that away, I got bored really quickly, so yeah. I just started making up stories, and yeah. that's how I do That's a really, that's really good. I love the muscle, because I'm a fast writer, but I haven't exercised the, the plot muscle as much, so that's really good to hear. I yeah. like that. It's a muscle. All right, well, thank you, and thank you. see y'all later. Everybody. Bye, everybody. Okay, comments? Go through the process. It's actually yeah. very similar, yeah. uh, different, a different uh, take, take on, on it. it. But um, I mean, practicing completing projects. I mean, getting ideas. Yeah, is something you practice doing. Yep. And finishing projects is something you practice doing too. I yeah. mean, that's that's she. She doesn't just write five thousand words a day. She writes five thousand words a day in a book that gets completed or a short story that gets completed and published. Yeah. Yep. And while you're listening, you're like, it's not a muscle. I'm like, well, it's the ability I know, to, no, it, you know. Yeah, I know. We are what we continually do. Yeah. Um, and and like I've discovered writing for me, I, I'm a fast writer. I'm prolific and it's really easy to get my books done. I haven't been as, you know, prolific, prolific as she has. But, you know, while we were driving down to Vegas and driving back up, we brainstormed my next two series completely, you know, where I can actually sit down and start writing those as soon as I'm done with this last book in the series. And that's really exciting, you know, and the more you're doing it, the easier it comes and the faster it comes. Yeah. I mean, sorry, pantsers, but you should have a framework. <laughs> it really will help i think i, think I mean so. most people yeah. aren't 100 percent pantsers anyway no i'm but, not i'm not at but all. it's important to work ahead smooth smooth the path for you so yeah. when you start writing there's nothing to not as many interruptions yeah exactly you don't i mean you don't want to have to be like oh i gotta go do this or oh, i have to go write my plot yeah. out some more i mean sometimes it's fine because that helps get you get going you like look at your outline you're like okay where am i and then you pick up you know 
Yeah. And Dean is actually, he is a pantser completely. He calls it writing into the dark. He never knows. Interesting. But he still writes 14 to 15 novels a year. Yeah. I mean, some people are 100% pantsers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And they can be really successful. And that's, that, that's the I, thing. You have to discover what your personality, how is it, how are you yeah, going to be the most try, prolific? Yeah. You're going to have to try and fail at a lot of things. Yeah. And before that's something you figure else it out. people need to put the time in to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Like I used to be, I used, I was trying to, um, to pants my first book and I had no idea how I just kept getting stuck and stuck and stuck and finally I realized it's because I have no idea where I'm going and you may become more of a pantser later yeah, on yeah you know I think most authors most naturally people do. naturally understand intuitively without having to think about yeah. plot structures they're just doing it because mm-hmm. they've done it so much and watched they, it and read it and consumed exactly. it exactly and so it's all it becomes a subconscious thing yeah and that's great because that'll speed you up because then yeah. all that automatic stuff gets pushed into your subconscious and then you you don't have to think about yeah I mean, yeah. thinking takes a lot of energy. Yeah. When it, it becomes part of you, mm-hmm. and it's just something you like any other repetitive motion, like maybe like a job or something where mm-hmm. you're like doing something, like where you're like, wow, I did like 30 of them and I didn't even think about it. It never even entered my conscious mind and you're yeah. like done. Yep. You know, it can be that way, but I mean, you're still being guided by yeah. what you want in your story. So it's not yeah. like. You know, you're asleep doing it, of course. Yeah. It's something that you're doing, but... Yeah. Or like running out if you run, and you're like, oh, wow, I ran a lot farther than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. And most writers that are pantsers will eventually become a little bit more... out. Actually, I don't know if it even goes that way. I think a lot of pantsers stay pantsers, but outliners, they learn how to pants more as they get more experience with it. I don't know. Some, some pantsers may discover they need to do some framework. Yeah. If yeah, they, exactly. Because if they want to be more sit. prolific, yeah, they'll start and just start writing, and then realize they have to do a lot of revisions yeah. and crap like that, and then just yeah. be like, maybe if I have just like a general clue where I'm going, that might yeah. be helpful. But again, some people, there, it's a continuum. Most people are somewhere in the middle. Almost nobody's 100 percent one way or the other. You could be the, um, you know, like natural storyteller person that doesn't have to ever write an outline in their whole life, but chances are you're not. Yeah. There's only one way to find out. <laughs> to try it and fail, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're going to go on to Dean. Okay. He is the last live video. This is Dean Wesley Smith, and here we go. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Dean Wesley Smith. How are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. <laughs> Punchy, but well. <laughs> yes, you've been doing really good lately. <laughs> I've been trying. Awesome. Okay, so I wanted to ask him a bunch of questions. He runs workshops, and I wanted to know how and why he started doing them. The workshop started um, with Christine Catherine Rush and myself. Um, we started uh, um, at conventions. People um, said, well, you know so much about publishing, because we had a publishing house and everything yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. And so we were trying to relay that information to help people. And we started the Chris and Dean show is what it was called. We didn't oh, call it awesome. that, but they oh. did. People did. And it was sort of like a stand-up comedy couple hours. And, yeah. um, and we, when we were traveling, people would ask us in, you know, and do a couple, two or three hours ahead of a convention or mm-hmm. something. And pretty soon we got tired of that and thought, well, let's just start doing them on the Oregon coast. Yeah. And um, then that morphed um, on the Oregon coast to the in-person workshops that are now down here in Vegas where yeah. we are right now. Yeah. And then... Um, um, we went to online, mm-hmm. uh, which is teachable, and you can, you know, if you're interested in that at all, just email me. You know, yeah. Well, email me at deanwesleysmith.com. Oh, to find out about the classes, yeah. yeah. Dean at deanwesleysmith.com, and I'll send you the links to the emails and to all the classes on teachable. Yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of them. There's a lot And I'm going to put a plug for this conference, if that's okay. That's great. Okay, Business Please, Masterclass. We'll this next it's year. amazing. So if you guys, seriously, it, it's how I've actually, like, propelled my career forward, so... 
Seriously, come next year if you can. And she's been wonderful helping us. It's just been fantastic. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it's been fantastic. Um, okay, so how about how many books and short stories do you write a year? Um, on average, um, is since the indie world came in, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've been basically doing uh, um, uh, my own uh, magazine. Yeah. Where I have a novel every month and four short stories every month. Yeah. But I average about 15 to 16 novels a year and about 50 short stories a year. And you know, I tell authors they should be doing that and they look at me like you're crazy. Well, but just, guess what? It's, just it's not more, crazy. It, no, it's just more, I'm a very slow typist. Oh. <laughs> um, I just spend more time in the chair than most people do. Yeah. That's all. That's really, there's no, there's no secret. If yeah. you spend more time in the chair, you produce more words. Oh my. And you think being prolific is a good thing for authors? In this modern world? Oh yeah. It's critical. Yeah. It's just critical. Yeah. yeah. I, the old, the old world is never, I, I wrote um, one year in traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. I had 108, but my best year in traditional publishing was 18 books. That's but those, pretty impressive in but traditional. Was, yeah, it was, that was incredible in traditional. And it was um, through, I think I had seven or eight publishers. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to have a lot of publishers and doing all kinds of stuff yeah. and pen names and everything else. It was crazy. Okay, so one last quick question. Sure. How do you manage business and writing? Because you've got a huge business. We have a large business. We have very, very good people working for us. I also want okay. where it runs the entire company. Yeah. Um, I, my job is to handle the money yeah. and the workshops, which is part of the, the large business. Yeah. I teach the workshops. Chris and I actually teach mm-hmm. the workshops. And then um, um, mostly it's just that. I'm, I just kind of handle just the money and handle the email. And you're not doing other stuff. Yeah, the rest of it's writing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all I need to be very, very prolific is three or four hours a day. Yeah. So yep. it's, it's not, doesn't take eight hours. It's just three or four hours. So. Yeah. And like Chris said, when I interviewed her, uh, your writing is your job. So do your job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I consider it fun. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think my actual job is dealing with the money for WMC <laughs> Publishing. That's a job. Yeah, no but, kidding. Uh, but you know, the writing is just fun. It's just great fun. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, my pleasure. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. All right, comments? That is an insane amount of work. <laughs> yes. Is, um, yeah. Even when during traditional, that's... that's. Uh, yeah. Well, you heard he did 18 when you yeah. were traditional, yeah. and that was with publishers and... Uh-huh. And all that business, all that nonsense. Yeah. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of work. So, it is. I mean, he's racking up wins every time he publishes something. Yeah, uh, one thing that I thought was pretty awesome, I mean, he is prolific. He's got a set schedule that his readers know to expect. Every single month, he releases a magazine that has one novel and four short stories from him. And that is, that's great because that's keeping him on task, you know? So he's like, I don't have any excuses. Um, one thing, though, we need to remember, again, is is Dean and Chris and Kevin, this is what they do full-time, and they don't have children. None of them have children. Um, Rebecca, Kevin's wife, has a son. But so this is my reminder to me because we have little kids. Like, I'm not going to be able to get where they are while we are, while I'm pregnant, having kids and all that. But the thing is like, they did this even when they were working, they did this back in the seventies and eighties when they had jobs, you and know, typewriters. Yeah. Steampunk, steampunk laptops. laptops. Yeah. Anyway. So I'm, I'm going to say right now, um, and I was in one of these Facebook groups and somebody was saying, is it possible to make money? I think we talked about this a little while ago and I said, yes, of course it's possible to make money. You've got to be prolific. And people, I had a couple people drag me over the coals. They're like, I'm tired of everybody saying, write, write a bunch of crap, write a bunch of crap, write a bunch of crap. And I'm like, you know what? 
these people, Christine sells short stories and novels still. And she sells short stories to anthologies every single year. She's made a lot of money. They've won multiple awards. They're multiple, you know, New York times and, and USA bestselling authors. They are not writing crap. And I'm like, well, what's the difference between them and the indie authors that are, and they, they are indie authors, you know, the difference between them and the indie authors who are writing quickly, but nobody likes their books. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about this and we did discuss this. Do you remember what we, our conclusion was? No. Oh, it was that they studied story and they studied craft and they, they figured out how to write without just writing. Well, I mean, exactly. They're, you're like, I just don't want to shove out crap. Well, they learned to write good stories quickly. Uh, that does start out slow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think people just... They're know. not, they, they're not giving themselves time. They're not being patient. They're not, they're, I mean, it, I mean, it's just like any, like who expects to do something right the first time, especially some, I, we talked about this, writing a story can be very complex depending and they can be extremely complex depending on how crazy you want to get. Yeah. Even a straightforward story, a novel that's 75,000 words, I don't know what the average, 60,000, 75, yeah. somewhere mm -hmm. in there. That's a lot of work. That's a yeah. lot of words. 70,000 words. Yeah. You put 70,000 words into a document. Mm -hmm. You had to choose the order that they are in. Yeah. And it had to make sense. And people want to pick that up and read that. That's mm -hmm. a lot of parts. Yeah. What else do you do that has 70,000 parts that you try to do? Yeah. Learn what it means to make that. Yeah. That's a lot of ingredients. Yeah, exactly. Like what, what do readers, why do readers read your genre? You know, put that into your stories, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. You got to do, I mean, there's a lot of work. To do. And then, but once you know, yeah, that, you know, you crank it out. Yeah, I mean, exactly. but you have to develop all mm -hmm. of those skills. You have to, it, you're developing the skill of writing good stories quickly. Yep. Exactly. And publishing them. You're not, you're not developing the skill of locking yourself in a, an office and being frustrated. Yeah. Yep. Or wondering why you're not rich yet. Because Exactly. And, and you know, again, you're going to try and fail. Try fail cycle for the author themselves. Yeah. You're going to fail a lot, especially yeah. at first. Yeah. You know, I know your first book is your precious child, but mm -hmm. probably it's not the best book you'll ever write. Yeah. It might be the most important one because you did it. Yeah, exactly. But it's probably not going to be the most commercially successful, best read, best quality book you ever write. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your 10th or 15th one had darn well better be better than your first one or else yeah. you didn't learn anything. Yep. You should certainly always be learning something. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. So that was, that was our conclusion. Like you studied craft, you studied story, you studied characters and Chris and Dean both have some really fantastic classes on these very topics where they teach you how to write good stories. And I've heard very, very good things about those classes and workshops. And so, and yeah, so Dean actually, like I said, in that nano story bundle book, the was it, story bundle.com forward slash nano, he writes a book that's called, or he has a book that's called how to write a novel in 10 days. Was that the title? I can't remember right now. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, seriously, go grab that, figure out why, how he's doing it. And and like Chris said, this is a muscle. This is something that once you start and doing, the more practice, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Mm -hmm. And the more efficient the words you put down become, you don't have to yeah, cut you, as much. Exactly. You get efficient. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like my, my books now, like I said, I only have to do one or two revisions on them because the words I use are efficient. And my first few novels, I was cutting and editing and so much, so much work to be done, but now it's so much faster, you know, and it's, that's exciting. And I, I, I'm pretty excited to see how things go, you know, see where things go from now. Cause I'm already, I've written one book in the last month. I'm 
hoping to get this one done fast too, you know, get as much written before this baby comes as possible. Now, the one instructor that I, I wish that I'd had the chance to do a live video with, Donna Cook, um, I'm just going to give a couple tips from her presentation. She talked about cash flow. And so basically cash flow is how to run a successful business and knowing where your money goes. And basically like if you know, it's paying attention to where your money needs to go, the bills you have to go out and the the money that you have coming in so that you don't accidentally spend the money before you've paid your bills. And her biggest points were don't spend any money you do not have. Use only cash that you have on hand. Um, otherwise, your business will go bankrupt. Your business will fall apart. You will, you can't be creative if you're stressing about how to pay for your next business thing. Um, so know what, know what you need to use the money and where it needs to go before you spend it. And then make sure you're always using cash. So cash flow. And one thing that I really like that she said is if you can't have $10 and not spend it, you'll never have a hundred dollars. And if you can't have a hundred dollars and not spend it, you'll never have a thousand dollars. And if you can't have a thousand dollars and never spend it, you'll never have and not spend it. You'll never have $10,000. And a lot of the things that we do as indie authors require quite a bit of money, you know, audiobooks if you don't want to do 50 50 split royalty and book covers and editing and marketing and stuff like that so you've got to be paying attention to where your finances are going and um just all of that i mean basically all of that and donna actually is she's wants to give um she's offering a discount to our listeners on a cash flow sheet that she built that does the work for her and it is quite the intensive awesome stuff where you copy paste in and the thing just knows exactly what to do she was showing us how to use it at the conference and it's it's awesome you copy and paste information from your bank account and the spreadsheet just puts it in all these different tabs and things like that so you can see where your money's going and all of that and i'm not sure how much that discount is she i just got her text but so if you're interested in Donna's spreadsheet, send her an email at contact at penrosehouse.com and she can give you information on the spreadsheet and how to, and I know it's not that expensive. So basically how to cash flow your money. So I think that's pretty much it for today. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of good meat in those interviews. So, um, yeah, to reiterate what we said at the beginning, uh, go to take, you know, go to the business masterclass. It's, it's incredibly valuable and we'll talk next week about more what we actually learned so that you'll know if it's something you'll want to go to and then storybundle.com forward slash nano for the writing tools bundle curated by Kevin J. Anderson and then truly epic fantasy bundle, which is also curated by Kevin and that's the storybundle.com forward slash fantasy. And then go and grab your, go get access to my Amazon, Amazon algorithms and automation sequences course. That is just $10. That's www.selfpublishedstrongcourses.com. And yeah, that's all from me. If you have any questions, send me an email at Andrea at selfpublishedstrong.com. But uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at artwithnolan on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh, good point. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Um, I do post to all three. Um, Automatically, right? Uh-huh. That's, that's a good way to organize social media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, so like Instagram just puts links on Twitter, which is dumb. So I had to have like a backend thing where it actually posts the picture itself for my art instead of just a link to it. Yeah. Which is silly. So now yeah. everything should display. Um, so the first few posts are 
just links, but then I realized that that was what it was doing and fixed it. So uh, everything's still not set up with like, you know, like my avatars and all that stuff necessarily the way I want it, but there are posts going to those locations. So yeah. you can reach me at any of them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yes. Mostly Instagram, I guess. But yeah, Instagram. That, that's where I seem to be spending most of my time. Instagram's and funny. It's like people are fickle over there. And I've talked to people and this is the way they say it is. Like people will follow you and then unfollow you, then follow you, then so unfollow don't, you. So don't follow and then unfollow me. Just <laughs> don't follow me or follow me. Yeah. <laughs> We've been like, okay, look, hey, your number of followers stayed the same, even though you got two more followers. I, I know, yeah. I'm like, hey, I just got a bunch of followers. Oh, it's still the same. The yeah. same number. Just what you just said. Yeah, it was kind of like every day. Yeah. You got three more followers. Oh, how many do I have now? Oh, the same. same. <laughs> yeah. So, but he's getting a lot of compliments on his art. You seriously need to go check that out. He's got some pretty awesome mainly, pieces up. Yeah. Mainly Halloween themed because it was Halloween. Yeah. Uh, or Drawloween or Inktober. Inktober. Who you are. Yeah. Um, I guess it doesn't matter who you are. It's still, that's still a thing that happened. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Go yeah. see the, Go see that stuff. Yeah. There's stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of it's um, old stuff that we dug up, um, but a lot of it's new. Yeah. And old stuff doesn't mean it's bad because I was good like 10 years ago still. So. Yeah, he was. Yeah. No, he's been good for many years. Yes. He's been an adult if for If I don't say years. so myself. <laughs> um, yeah. So just, yeah, it's not like old, like I'm, I'm a kid. It's like I've graduated from college. And... Yeah, old. Yeah. No, 10 years ago, he was, <laughs> I was well out of college. So. I was out of college for like seven or eight years. So. Yeah. So, you know, I was competent at the time and art was a major Mm -hmm. I had for a while. So Mm -hmm. it's not, yep. It's not stick figures. No. As -hmm. much as it was back then. When you were six. Yeah. Not even then. I didn't even do really that. I I, I went for it. Good. (laughs) Like our five-year-old. Yeah. She gets pretty crazy with stuff. (laughs) She's... She decorated our house for Halloween. She put up a whole bunch of ghosts yeah, saying we're not, boo. We're not very festive, so she remedied that by making a bunch of things. Yep. So I was like, draw something scary for Halloween. She's like, okay. And then goes and draws a shark. <laughs> so cute. And, and has some jellyfish. <laughs> Which, you know, shark and jellyfish, sharks and they jellyfish, are scary. they are scary. She's not wrong. <laughs> I was like, okay, how about scary cat? She's like, cats aren't scary. <laughs> So funny. Like, you know, the one with their backs arched and they're like, you know, like Yeah, that. she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I had to show her and she's like, oh. Yeah. And I, I showed her pictures of witches. Yeah. And ghosts. And ghosts. So things get more, more Halloween. Yep. Eat more Halloween-y. Yeah. It's not a word. Um, <laughs> instead of just plain scary. Yeah. So that was, that was amusing. All right. So um, I guess that's it for this week, right? Yep. Okay. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.